Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. It's been such a great blessing to me to come again to First Baptist Church. So many of you might have remember me. Uh, first time I was here in the year 2004. From then, I have been coming. And it's been four years because of the lockdown and the COVID situations. We couldn't be able to travel. Last time I was here in the year 2018. And now again, after four years, God blessed me to meet you people, wonderful and a very blessed people, behind the mighty ministry of Good Samaritan So Ministries. Just now, Dr. David told that it was all started by one Samaritan Purse gift box. With that Samaritan Purse gift box, now that my ministry is being multiplied, some hundreds and thousands of people are being benefited by the Good Samaritan So Ministries. And now we have 383 approximately students in our school and 94 students in our college. And we are helping to many widows. And the, the people behind this wonderful ministry are you, the sponsors of uh, Good Samaritan So Ministries in Mount Chester. With a grateful heart, I thank you once again for all the years, from the last 18 years, you were with me and you have been with me and helping me to help many people for the extension of God's kingdom. Thank you very much. And this is the time to meditate the God's word. Let us look into the scriptures, what God is speaking to us. Let's pray, please. Loving Father, we thank you for this holy morning. Thank you so much, Lord, for bringing your son and your servant myself to come to Mount Chester, California, to speak with all the dear brothers and sisters in this First Baptist Church. As I'm going to Preach thy word, Lord. It should be your word, but not mine, Lord. Let you speak through me, enrich me, empower me, so that while I preach, while I speak, you are Holy Spirit only, Holy Spirit God, should speak with everyone, and let every one of us be revival and be strengthened with thy Holy Spirit to be thy disciple, thy humble disciples, to serve you for your holy kingdom extension in this world, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Yeah, in this precious Sunday, I just want to share the God's word about serving God for the extension of his kingdom in this world. We know the great commission of Lord Jesus Christ. Go to every nook and corner of the world, share the gospel and make disciples. That's what we, we can see in the book of Matthew chapter 18 and verse 19, last verses. Making disciples... Making disciples is the Christ's great commission. One well-known well saying is there, a success without successor is not a success. A success without a successor is not a success. Christ's ministry on this earth 2,000 years ago was very successful. And the Christ ministry is successful because of the successors he has prepared through 12 disciples, 70 disciples. Now God, want, God wants all of us to be his disciples and work for the extension of God's kingdom. I know the well-known saying of Napoleon Bonaparte, the France king. Once he said, 
me, Napoleon, and Julius Caesar, the Roman emperor, and Alexander, the Greek emperor. We all tried to conquer the world with our mightiness and sword, but we couldn't. But 2,000 years ago, Jesus Christ was born to a poor carpenter. He, he used only two instruments, that is love and forgiveness. And he stretched out his hands and died on the cross of Calvary. Even after 2,000 years, the entire world is running behind him. These are the wonderful words. Why, even after 2,000 years, the entire world is running towards Jesus Christ is, Jesus Christ, after completion of his ministry, he prepared the disciples to continue his ministry. In Bible clearly says that David served his, to his generation. In, we are living in this generation. We need to think ourselves, are we just believers or disciples? In the first century, all Christians are disciples, no believers. For example, when Jesus went to one city where the legion of demons, demons were possessed in a person, Jesus delivered that person from all the demons. What he, said, what he did immediately, he just became as a missionary to ten cities. He preached the gospel to Decapoli. Decapoli means ten cities and brought many people to the Christ. There were no believers. Every person in the first century are disciples. But now, in this 21st century, there are so many believers in the church, but there are very few disciples in our churches. We need to check whether we are disciples or believers. God wants disciples from our churches. Because, as Christ said in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 10, Let thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. In the Lord's prayer, we always remember, Lord, let thy kingdom come. I ask you a question. Is Christ's kingdom already came or yet, or yet to come? Christ's kingdom already begun. But it need to be extended to each and every nook and corner of the world. At the time of Christ's second coming, his physical kingdom will going to reign the world. But before that, Christ has given the responsibility on our shoulders to preach the gospel to every nation, to serve the gospel, to preach the gospel. And to make the disciples, because the harvest is plenty, the workers are few. That's what Christ said in Luke chapter 10 and verse 2. Many Christians think that preaching the gospel is not our job. Preaching the gospel is only pastors and evangelists' job. But I don't agree with that statement. Preaching the gospel, the responsibility of preaching the gospel is on the shoulder of each and every Christian who is being cleansed with the blood of Jesus Christ. We need to ask ourselves, am I preaching the gospel to anybody? In Bible we can see, I, I, I love one sentence in the Bible. In the Old Testament, 
preaching the gospel doing the ministry is not the work of laymen it is a work of only levites levites only will do that but in one instance at the time of passover when king hezekiah was celebrating the passover after so many years after almost 200 years the time gap between king solomon and king hezekiah was 200 years after 200 years king hezekiah celebrating the passover in a very grand scale for 14 days at that time the levites and the priests were not enough to sacrifice the offerings animals at that time laymen they sanctified themselves they dedicated themselves to serve the lord when the laymen are serving the lord it made the priests to be ashamed of them let's read the word of god from the book of second chronicles chapter 30 and verse 15 then they killed the passover on the 14th day of the second month and the priests and the levites were ashamed i was being touched by this sentence the priests and the levites were ashamed why the priests and the levites were ashamed by looking at the lay people who were not neither priests nor levites but they were very much they committed their lives to serve the lord by sanctifying themselves what the thing happen is here pastor should revival the church sometimes church also can revive the pastors the the natural thing is pastor should revive the church but when the congregation everybody if sanctified themselves the pastors and the priests ashamed of themselves and they sanctified much more to serve the lord so by this i can tell you i can suggest you all you need not to be a pastor you need not to be a missionary or you need not to be a evangelist to preach the gospel if you become a christian if you have the born again life experience if you are being anointed by the god you, there is mighty burden on your shoulder to preach the gospel whether you are a small student in the high school or a employee or a businessman whatever god will choose you in whichever the position you are and you, god can use you in that position wherever you work god never looks at our ability he always looks at our availability god doesn't care whether i am a able person i am having good talents or not what god cares is am i ready to serve him or not that's what if we see in the first corinthians chapter 7 and verse 24 paul said brethren let every man where he is called therein abide with god if you are being called when you are being employee or a student yes there only serve the lord there only show christ in your behavior in your words in your talk and everything the core subject of my sermon is being a disciple wherever we are whatever the work we do we must be like a living testimony to the lord living sacrifices to the lord moving temples of jesus christ we need to serve the lord we need to preach the gospel every time so in this sermon we want i want to challenge our lives by comparing our lives with a great man of god in the bible who is a great prayer warrior the prophet samuel i learned seven things from the life of prophet samuel 
I just want to share those seven things and compare our life, how it is, will it be right in the God's sight. If we want to serve the Lord or if we want to serve, if we want our children to serve the Lord as God's faithful disciples, let us compare these seven things in our life. Number one, in Samuel's life, we can see he got one very good mentors, mentoring in the life of Samuel. Who is the mentor of Samuel? Who is the mentor to Samuel? Eli. Many of you think that Eli is the mentor. Yes, that's right. But before Eli, the wonderful mentor to Samuel was Hannah. Do you agree with me? Hannah. Hannah, after giving birth to Samuel, after he, uh, after she weaned him, uh, let's read the word of God from the first Samuel one twenty four, and when she had weaned him, completion of the weaning, how many days it takes? There are so many mothers here, you can tell. How many how many days or months or years it takes to wean a child? To wean a child. In those days, mothers used to wean the child at least for three years. Yes. So after three years. After three years, what Hannah did, she brought small infant Samuel and she left the Samuel in this church, in the church, that means in the temple, and hand over to Eli. Can we imagine if we have a small toddler of three years baby? Anybody is having a toddler, small girl of three years or a boy of three years? Yes, okay, there are some, good. Can you imagine leaving your child in the church and handing over that child to Pastor Brendan <laughs> and say goodbye and say goodbye and, go and coming to the church once in a year to see the child. Can we imagine that? And, the, and in another angle, can we imagine a child can able to leave his parents when his parents say goodbye? What our child will do? Mama, Dada, I will come. But Samuel did not do that. Samuel stayed in the God's temple with Eli. How, how it was happened is, you know, a small boy or a girl can able to learn walking at the age of one year. An infant child could able to speak after one year. So Hannah taught Samuel from first year to, to third year. That means two years. He mentored Samuel for two years. Samuel, this is not your house. God's temple is your house. I am not the, we are not the parents. Jehovah is your father. I am not the mentor. Pastor Eli is the mentor. She trained that small boy for two years. <coughs> the result is that small boy could able to stay in the God's sanctuary for his lifetime. In this, situ in this story, I just want to remind you the wonderful story of a great missionary, Dr. David Livingston. How many of you heard about Dr. David Livingston? Many of you. Yeah. He was a Scottish man. When his father, raising him, when he was a toddler, David Livingston's father's name was Neil Livingston. In the night, when he's 
keeping his child to bed and his child used to ask david livingston used to ask his father father before i sleep would you please tell me a story every time before going to sleep david livingston used to listen the story from his father one day his father telling him a story it's not a cock and bull story it's not a fabricated story it's a story of a great dutch medical missionary autobiography so dr david livingston was on his father's knees before he sleep he is slowly listening to the story after completion of the autobiography of a dutch medical missionary dr david livingston as a small kid woke up and said to his daddy daddy after i grow up i i will complete med- medical course and i will become a medical missionary then his father take it very light okay first you sleep like that what happened after 20 years when Doc, when Le- david livingston completed his medical course he forgotten about the the uh, story that was happened when he was a small child and he's trying to start a hospital in different areas uh, to do the medical practice one day when he was praying god reminded the old story when he was on his father's knees listening to the medical missionary dutch medical missionary and he said daddy i want to be a medical missionary god remember this story to david livingston immediately dr david livingston prayed three wonderful sentences i love to remember those three sentences number 1 god send me wherever you want me to go but i want you to come with me god second point god lay any burden on me but help me to to sustain that burden god give me any responsibility but every responsibility should serve your heart to serve, should serve your kingdom these are the three requests that david livingston asked and god showed him to go to africa south africa at that time he was married and got children also so he moved to africa with the, with the entire family after few days he thought it is difficult for him to do the ministry along with the family so he sent his wife and children back to scotland and while sending the children and wife dr david livingston said honey i will come back within few days you go so after few days he went to see his wife you know what's the time period of few days 5 years after 5 years he went you know why he went his father was terribly sick he's almost going to die he got that news and he went back to scotland to see his father and his family at that time his own wife couldn't recognize dr david livingston why while he was preaching to the tribes in the forest one lion attacked him and he he lost his one hand with one hand he did not come back to scotland he saw god faithfully in that africa in, in that african forest with one hand he sowing while he is going from one place to another place in the forest while he is uh, holding the uh, bushes and all the trees with one hand a big thorn came and struck to his eyes and he that thorn 
plucked his eyeball he lost his another eye eye within this 5 years his white skin became uh so dark and when he went to his wife his wife couldn't recognize him he buried his father he stayed his with his wife and children for few days and he test uh, and he was invited in the university of england and when he went to the university of england all the people all the students they stand up and they did the standing ovation to this great legend after few days david livingston said dear wife i need to go back to africa and he said she said i i too will come after settling our children you in meanwhile you go so david livingston came back to africa after few years his wife also settled his children and came back to africa after few days his wife got severe fever and she died in that african land and he buried her david livingston till his last breath he served in africa and you know what's the title that african people gave him what was the title that african people gave him do you know the name of a biggest diamond in the world what is the biggest diamond in the world huh kohnoor is a, one of the biggest diamond and after kohnoor the another biggest diamond is the star of africa i have seen both the diamonds in england museum because in kohnoor from india star of africa from africa both the countries were being ruled by british british took the both the diamonds and they put in their museum so the biggest diamond is the star of africa then african people said the true the star of africa is not the diamond dr david livingston is the star of africa who enlightens us when we are in the darkness behind all this story behind all this story the success story of dr david livingston what we can learn is the role of his father the role of his father training his child to become a medical missionary samuel's mother trained him right from infantes that's why samuel could able to be a great prophet of god as a parents how we are how we are living definitely directly influence to our children the first thing we need to do is we need to be a good mentor and also we need a good mentor when samuel was in ignorance his mother was the mentor when samuel was a grown up child eli was the mentor so we, we even now in this grown up age also we need to have some mentors and also we need to mentor others so the good thing in the samuel seven points out of seven point the first point is having good mentoring in the life of samuel and the second thing that god, why god blessed samuel is Samuel was always available to the Lord day and night. You know, do you know the place where Samuel used to sleep every night? That's what Bible says in the 1st Samuel chapter 3 and verse 3. And ere the uh, the lamp of God went out in the temple of the Lord, where the ark of God was, and Samuel was laid down to sleep just behind the ark of the God's covenant. Samuel used to stay in the God's sanctuary 
day and night, day and night. I encourage our church members in India to come to the church and to pray for one hour out of 24 hours, whenever the time you feel the time, uh, you feel to go to the church. So by the grace of God, in our church in India, we have 24 hours prayer. Our, our church is open 24 by 7, 365 days. Even in the midnight, 12, 1, 2, 3, round the clock, people will come and kneel down and pray for one hour. Like that, we are, we are, our church is being mightily blessed. As a, in the potluck, I can share my testimony how God increased our church. I have started the church with very few people. Sometimes 20, 30, and then it became 70. Now it is more than 700 to 1,000 people are coming to our church. The only thing is praying in the God's sanctuary. I strongly believe there is no God's presence in, this, in any church. Do you think that God's presence is in the church or not? Do you think that God's presence 24 by 7 in the church or not? No. God will not be in the church 24 by 7. That was the Old Testament temple. In the Old Testament temple, God's presence was there. But in the New Testament church, God's presence will not be in this building. We are the God's temples. We need to bring the God's presence in the church. Church is not this building. We are the church. We are the church. Samuel spent day and night in the Lord's temple and he was always available to the Lord. That's what I said. If God wants you and me to be used in, the, in his ministry, God doesn't want our ability. He always seeks our availability. Availability. In the beginning of my ministry, God called me in the year 2001. 2001. This is my 21st year of my ministry. I never dreamt in my life that I will become a pastor. Because my dad was not a pastor. My dad was a principal, high school principal. My brother, eldest brother studied mechanical engineering. Second brother is a medical doctor. My younger brother is a software engineer. My sister is a microbiologist. And, and I studied professional maths and computers degree and postgraduate in child psychology. Just I want to be a principal of our school. But in the year 2001, God called me. I have given five children to your parents. Out of five, who is going to bear my yoke? This is the word, this is the word I received from the Lord. Then I said, I am ready, Lord. Use me. But Satan used to... Uh, Satan's spoke to me, you are not the firstborn. Yes, I, I was not, I am not the firstborn, I am the third in the family. But in the Bible, firstborn is God's child, God's servants. Then again I spoke with the Satan. David was not a firstborn. Abraham was not a firstborn. Yes, Abraham not a firstborn. But God used it. Abraham, God used David. Joseph was not a firstborn. He was the eleventh one. God can use anyone, irrespective of the order, irrespective of his or her intelligence. So when I raised my hand towards the Lord, Lord use me. God changed my mind. God changed my mindset. And he put a great burden in my heart to serve him, even in the midst of trials and tribulations. And the one who called me is so faithful. 
He blessed me. He multiplied me in many areas, in many angles, to be blessing to many people. All the things, all uh, the thing, what I have done is, I said, Lord, though I am not a talented person, but I am ready, I am available for your service. Today, same Lord Jesus Christ asking every one of you, don't think about your age. Even at the evening of your age, God can use you mightily. Do you know the age when God called Abraham? Do you know the age when God called, God called Moses? God called Abraham at the age of 75. God called Moses at the age of 80. Yet God used them mightily. Don't think that you are too old. God can use you in the evening of your age mightily in raising many children as God's servants. But the thing is, we all should be mightily used in the hands of our living God, Jesus Christ. In the Samuel's life, one, having good mentoring. Two, available to the Lord day and night. And the third thing that God loved in Samuel is obedience. Absolute obedience. Samuel was obedient to God as well as Eli. You know how obedient Samuel was. In the midnight, God called Samuel. Samuel. At that time, Samuel was a kid. He doesn't know the voice of God. Immediately, he went to the high priest Eli and said, Master, sir, did you call me? What Eli said? No, I did not call you. Go and sleep. Again, after a few minutes, again the same calling, Samuel. Let us, let us think in a very natural way. If we are sleeping, if we are sleeping, if our daddy is, or, or if our dad or our mom called us in the midnight, one o'clock, Joseph, Mary, Ruth, or anything. If your father called you in the midnight, one o'clock, do you go to your father like Samuel, immediately wake up and went to the dad, Dad, did you call me? Is that the way you respond? For me, I just answer to my dad right from my bed. What, daddy, did you call me? Like that. Huh? In general, if we speak frankly. But in the midnight, when Samuel listened to the voice, he thought that that voice was, was from Eli, and he went to Eli, and he, Eli said, no, go and sleep, I did not call. Again, the second time, God called. Again, he went to Eli. Eli said, no, I did not call. Go back. Again, the third time, he listened to the Samuel's, uh, same voice. At that time, if Samuel was not an obedient child, what he does? He don't care that voice, because he went already two times to the master. Oh, this old man, He's always calling me in the midnight. Why should I go? Let us sleep like this. No. Even the third time, Samuel went to Eli. Sir, did you call me? Can you see the obedience in this? Then immediately Samuel said, uh, Eli said, Samuel, if you hear the same voice again, don't come to me. You just say, your servant listening, speak to me, Lord. Again, in the fourth time, Samuel, Samuel, he, he heard the voice and said, your servant listening, speak. 
from that time onwards god started speaking with samuel and it never ended till his last breath he keep on speaking with samuel samuel keep on listening to the lord the wonderful thing that god loved in the life of samuel was obedient that's what samuel said to king saul obedience is better than sacrifice you may give so many sacrifices to the lord god doesn't care your sacrifices god cares your obedience when we are obedient god uses us why god uses peter to be the head disciple out of 12 disciples god made peter as the head of all the disciples in the beginning when god called peter what he used to do he used to throw the net and to catch the fishes fish all the night he threw the net but he couldn't catch single fish what happened in the morning he cleaned the entire nets total nets and he just wrapped all the nets in the early morning jesus said go and throw the net again if anybody is in the peter's position they don't want to do it why i know uh, about fishing because i led a church in the mid- middle of the island to the fishermen fishermen they throw the nets all the night to get to catch fish though they could not catch single fish but there are lot of dust in the nets so many leaves plants like that so before they go back to their house they need to clean the net otherwise it will not be useful for the next time so when they cleaned the net and they wrapped the net and again a stranger came and say you now go and throw the net what we will speak oh i'm too tired i don't want to do it but peter said lord i have been throwing the net all the night but i couldn't find a single fish but by your word again though i cleaned my net again i will throw so what happened that was the time god changed the life of peter instead of catching fish come on be a fisher of men rather than catching the fishes obedience god loves obedience if we are obedient to god god uses us god in, in if we see the disciples christ disciples nobody studied graduation or post graduation nobody knows how to write their own name they are fishermen they are the tanners but god used them to shake the entire world just obedience so the three things the first three things we can see in samuel having good mentoring and the second thing available to god and the third thing absolute obedience to the god as well as to their master and the fourth thing we can see in the samuel's life was waiting till god's appointed time samuel was waited for a long time to be the full time minister why there is great protocol before samuel who who are the protocol eli hophni phinehas and then samuel eli was the high priest hophni and phinehas were high priest children the next successors and this samuel was a small kid yet samuel faithfully learned to serve the lord 
till god called him he was never hurried jesus started his ministry at the age of 30 years till 30 years what he did till 30 years he learned the law he learned many things and he was obedient to his parents samuel was samuel was uh, samuel waited till god's appointed time that's what in if we read in first samuel chapter 2 and verse 26 and the child samuel grew on and was in favor both with the lord and also with men we don't know when god will call us you know soldier doesn't know when he is going to fight but what he has to do till then he need to sharpen his arrows and swords and everything he should be ready enough to the god's calling yes till god called samuel he grew he strengthened in the word so though you did not receive any calling from the lord yet strengthen yourself grow yourself in the lord in the word in the truth in the prayer in the faithfulness one day god will call you to do his mighty ministry meanwhile and the, and the sixth point and the sixth point is meanwhile uh, sorry fifth point the fifth point is keep listening to the god's voice this is the most important thing a servant of the lord should do many a times many a times we want to do what our mind and heart wants to do but bible says don't lean on your own understanding don't lean on your own understanding always listen to the god's voice how can we listen to the god's voice the number one thing what we need to do is spending more time in the prayer last time in the year 2018 when i was here i preached about one hour prayer do any anybody remember that yeah thank you sisters thank you brother in the year 2018 i preached about one hour prayer you know the great man paul angichow anybody knows paul angichow is one of the great ministers of the lord he said if you are a believer spend one hour with the lord if you are a god servant at least spend 3 hours with the lord to do to do god's ministry we need a quality prayer time what jesus said in the garden of gethsemane to overcome the temptation you need to pray at least one hour can't you pray for one hour that's what christ challenged to his disciples and i'm asking you the same my dear brothers and sisters though you are a busy person you need to have quality prayer time to listen to the lord i believe that prayer is not a one way traffic it's two way traffic praying and listening to the god's voice we should pray and we should listen to the god's voice our god is a wonderful counselor he teaches us he gives us a right thought right understanding in in my life in the ministry that god has given me the decisions i make always surprises my parents my wife even our board of directors in usa why because i take bigger decisions many times why i believe strongly the great word of dr uh, william carey william carey is one of the greatest missionary in india once he said expect great things from the lord attempt great things for the lord when we are expecting great things from our great god 
we need to be dare enough to attempt great things for the lord our mind always thinks about the comfort zone but god always asks us to leave the comfort zone come to the panic zone god will uh, uh, god will lead us for that we need to listen to god's voice that's what in first samuel chapter 3 and verse 10 samuel asked god yes your servant listening please speak and the sixth point is this is most important when we are in the ministry satan is very jealous of us he wants to divert us he wants to pervert us from the god's calling the wonderful thing we can see in samuel is just be, though samuel was living day and night in the god's sanctuary just before his own eyes two young gentlemen hofni phinehas they are doing terrible things in the church they are doing sexual adultery they are misusing the offerings but samuel never diverted to their way he stuck on to the god's way that's what in first samuel chapter 2 and verse 12 says now the sons of eli were scoundrels who had no respect for the lord but what about samuel in 18th verse but samuel ministered before the lord being a child girded with a line and ephod no distractions in samuel's life so many temptations were there yet samuel put his eyes only on the lord not towards other people no diversions and the last point in samuel's life how he can be how he could be a great man of god is and the seventh and the last point is his clean testimony till his last breath keeping keeping our testimony clean till our last breath samuel challenged the entire church samuel challenged the entire church show me one single mistake i have done if i take bribe against uh, bribe or if i did anything against the law you just challenge me the, you we can see this in first samuel chapter 12 and verse 3 and immediately they answered in verse 4 and they said thou has not defrauded us nor oppressed us neither has thou taken out any man's hand this was the clean testimony samuel had till his last breath with one verse i can conclude my sermon why samuel was so successful in the god's ministry is he is the man of prayer god has picked only two people out of 1000 years lifespan the great prayer warriors who are those two peoples who are those two people we can see in the book of jeremiah chapter 15 and verse 1 then said the lord unto me though moses and samuel stood before me yet my mind could not be toward his people cast them out of my sight and let them go forth god only picked two people from moses to jeremiah from moses to jeremiah the time gap between the moses moses is almost 1450 or 1500 bc Jeremiah is approximately 500 BC. These thousand years, there were so many men of God: Elijah, Elisha, Elia. Uh, uh, sorry, King David. God did not pick King David. God did not pick Elijah and Elisha and Asia, but God picked Samuel and Moses. 
they are the mighty men of god because they are having such a prayer power such a prayer power i request all the church members now though you are in america though we are in india don't ever forget the responsibility of carrying the god's great commission of being a disciple and making a disciple preaching the gospel to all the people wherever we are we should have the burden to serve the lord to raise the missionaries even the next generation our children should be raised for the extension of the god's kingdom in the coming days may god bless this word so that we all should be not just believers but disciples preaching the gospel wherever we go through our words our deeds our character and our everything whatever we do and be a good example to the upcoming children we raise and let our children also should serve the lord as joshua said i and my household will serve the lord may god bless this word be fulfilled in our lives amen let us bow down our heads and pray loving father we thank you for this holy and a very blessed sunday you challenged our life when while we compare our lives with samuel lord jesus bless us lord never be diverted never be perverted never be distracted by the attractions of this world but always be faithful always be humble lord though you bless though you bless us with so many pleasures of this world yet lord bless us not to forget the responsibility of sharing the gospel and making the disciples in all nations lord bless us lord not to restrict our life in a comfort zone to be a believer but leaving our comfort zone and entering into panic zone and be as your disciples to preach the gospel to help to the missionaries to help the gospel crusade gospel work in all the nook and corner of this world lord lord i specially pray for this first baptist church who is so faithfully helping to the missionaries and bless every sister and every brother to be more revived and to serve you in the community wherever they live and they and let every person here be a living example living testimony to their own families to their children raising them as the upcoming missionaries and your humble servants lord please bless us bless our families to be faithful to you till our last breath and serve you faithfully as samuel served you and bless us as good mentors like hana how he mentored samuel bless us also to mentor our children like hana lord in jesus name we thank you and we pray to you father amen thank you very much thanks for your listening